Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hello, boys and girls, and men and women, all people of the earth and the galaxy far beyond. It is Monday, Football Monday, here on the SB Nation NFL Show. We have made it. Super Bowl 55 is happening later on this week. We have assembled a super team of people all across the network throughout the rest of the week for lots of fun coming your way. Make sure you do subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show so you get access to all of our wonderful and free content. Uh, we are available on all major podcast platforms. He is Michael Kist. He is Pete Sweeney, who has not slept in 10 years, apparently. Michael Kist, happy Super Bowl week to you, sir. I'm RJ Ochoa, by the way, in case anybody cares. That's my bad. But yeah, what's up? RJ. Welcome, welcome to the show. Nice to introduce you. No, I mean, this, this is a real fun week. We are doing massive things here at the SB Nation NFL show. We had Digital Row last Friday where we had, I mean, the, the list of names is ridiculous. Fantastic job by you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Greg Rosenthal around the NFL, Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Sam Monson of PFF, Mike Renner of PFF, Charles McDonald, a former SB Nation alum, uh, chatted with us. He is now with USA Today's For the Win, Warren Sharp of sharp football evan silva of established run just an all-star cast and like we've got these guests going all throughout the week as well so i'm super excited to talk with all these people i've had a i've had a blast uh so thank you for joining us gentle listener this is going to be a, a fantastic and loaded week here pete tweeney you and i were down in the city where the heat is on last year for super bowl 54 the first one that patrick mahomes won he's going for numero dos in a row this coming week which means that you are working yeah uh you know for the weekend basically uh how you feel my man i feel great um rest recharged uh i know that you said that i need some sleep but i got plenty of sleep uh, you know this year i'm ready for a super bowl it's a, it's an annual tradition now covering the super bowl for the kansas city chiefs uh i do want to say thank you to our reviewer please rate and review the podcast we love that and i just can't wait to say whatever the sponsors tell me to in this episode per the review <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pete and I, um, look, Pete, can you read the, the review for us, please? Uh, just cause we, we make it a point and we are how many reviews away from a hundred now, by the way, 10, 10, nine. We are like four away from a hundred. We've got like, you know, some four stars sprinkled in one somewhat. Now I think we're at 88, five stars. So if you gentle listener can get us up to uh 100 five star ratings before the end of the season, that would be uh, super amazing. Yeah, it's really great to see these reviews come in. I know BLG usually gets a lot of love. What is it? May we reign with BLG or something? May he reign forever. Tells me to (laughs) bleeding green forever. And then this great one from a Chiefs fan. Thank you for, you know, coming in and having my back. I've had to turn this channel off a few times because Pete Sweeney is talking. That guy says whatever his sponsor tells him to true, uh, which is fine, but it's just tough to hear. RJ is not much better. 
Uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed on all all points. So thank you for that review. What are your sponsors telling you to say? Uh, well, the come up of the week is a big time sponsor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they say make sure you you know tote the Chiefs as best you can, and uh, I do. And I say show me the money. They slide me a little under the table, and that's that. I mean, I I don't have a voice. I have no opinion. I just say what the sponsor tells me to so you hear that at the irs pete sweeney get a little money or i don't uh, i don't want to snitch on you <laughs> um the nsa is listening as they always are um i appreciate the side snipe of me i feel like i did nothing to deserve it but it is what it is and that way everybody just so you know we don't only read the good reviews although i right. would categorize this as good uh yeah. we appreciate anybody honestly who takes the time to enjoy the game of professional football with us as kissed said it is a week filled with lots Lots of guests in this episode. You will hear a fantastic interview conducted by some of our greats over at Niners Nation, Kyle Posey and Rob Statsguerra. They spoke with somebody who knows a thing or two about the San Francisco 49ers. Primetime! Deion Sanders will be on this episode of Monday Football Monday coming up shortly. But of course, before that, we have to talk about the newest member of the California Sun, Matthew Stafford, heading from the 313 all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. Michael Kist, your thoughts? when you found out Saturday night that the Detroit Lions pulled off the first fleece of the 2021 offseason. The full trade details for anyone who is somehow not aware, even though I told you on the daily here on the SB Nation NFL show, the Rams sent two first-round picks in 2022 and 23, in addition to a third-rounder this year, and Jared Goff, he of Michael Kiss' favorite quarterback rankings. And in return, they received Matthew Stafford. Kissed, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I, I'm going to throw this back to you guys in a second and see your thoughts on Stafford, but I just want to take a victory lap. <laughs> on Jared Goff, right. because I, I've I've been talking about this guy, the the disparity between his floor and his ceiling all season long, saying that I can't trust the Rams despite their great defense, despite their coaching, all of these things. I can't trust the Rams because I feel like Jared Goff is going to turn into a pumpkin at an inopportune time against a good defense. And that's kind of exactly what we saw play throughout the season and his career, and the fact that the Rams were more harsh on Jared Goff than I think I've been is absolutely wild. Like, you could tell the writing was on the wall with this one when Jared Goff and Sean McVay were, are, were like, disagreeing about the health of Jared Goff's thumb, and Jared Goff's like, I'm healthy, and McVay's like, you're not, but, like, you can dress. You're just going to have to back up this AAF guy. Like, we had to know this was coming. So Mike Silver's uh, article that he wrote for NFL.com was hilarious because he acted like Goff was blindsided. Like, th this has been going on for a while. This has been brewing for a while. There's no way that Goff was surprised by this. And uh, obviously, you know, Mike Silver is a, is a Cal alum. And, you know, that's exactly where Jared Goff went. So there's some favoritism there. There's some bias there. But regardless of that, like, th this is exactly what I was warning about with Jared Goff, with the Rams. This is about for the Rams taking advantage of a very, very small window, in my opinion, because they have not drafted in the first round. They've unloaded all their first round picks and whatnot. This is about trying to just get over that hump. And that hump is the Rams are always competitive, right? They're always in games. They're always uh, a, a winning team. The, the point is getting over just those one or two defenses that Jared Goff can just not crack. And they think they're going to get more out of Stafford in that regard. I think Matt Stafford is a better quarterback. And my question to, to you guys is, is this. How do, you, how do you view Matt Stafford in this offense? Because I think even with just Detroit, that Matt Stafford is definitely in like that top 10, at least fringe top 10 type of discussion. I think 
in the McVeigh offense, if he's healthy, of course, that he can start to like have a, a top five fringes type single season. Are you, uh, uh, Pete, are you with me on that one? I am. I am. Uh, I, I like your point about Mr. Silver, a great writer, but I've read enough Hugh Jackson articles to know that sometimes <laughs> there can be some sway yep. in them. And so I, I think keep that in mind. I mean, Jared Goff, you know, on the other side of this was the definition of system quarterback. I mean, yeah. you look up system quarterback in the proverbial dictionary. It's a picture of Jared Goff with Sean McVay and McVay, I think, squeeze the absolute most he could out of him. But he was never a long term answer. So he goes and gets Stafford. I thought this was interesting and odds aren't necessarily the end all be all. But I think it fits on how we felt as a unit about this Rams team. They jumped from eighth in Super Bowl odds for 2021 to third by mm-hmm. themselves in 2021. And I, that sounds about right. Uh, the Bucks and Chiefs are one and two because, you know, they obviously were able to get to this far. I look at Matt Stafford as GameStop stock. Those of you who have held on him <laughs> forever <laughs> and have a lot of it. It's about, it's about to pay off big time. Yeah. I, I think he's been stuck in this Detroit prison and 32 is young. I, I look at Stafford and, you know, when he's one of those guys and this sometimes will happen with celebrities or people who you're a fan of or aren't even athletes. You just mm. think they're older than they are, just a lot older. And I, I looked his, up his age, you know, when this deal happened, I, I thought he was going to be somewhere around like 35, 36, but he's got a lot of good years left, maybe like at least four to six. And I think the Rams are on the come up and Stafford's going to win the come up of the week. That was a no brainer. I mean, you you probably came into this episode if you're a listener and said death taxes, Stafford winning the come up of the week. And he goes from <laughs> the Detroit Lions to the, the California Sun. And man, I'm already ready to see this Rams offense play. And we won't get to do that for you know six or so months. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. And I, and I just want to take the time to debunk something, if if I can, because I saw an article today that and it took me 10 minutes of research to figure out that it was absolutely wrong. I saw the this nickname, tweet. Yeah. <laughs> this is a powerful tweet. The, the nickname, Stat Pat, Padford or whatever, trying to suggest that all of Stafford's stats come in like garbage time. I, I looked up the last three years, you know, fourth quarter passes that he threw when he was down two plus scores and, and all that stuff. His percentage of yards and touchdowns in those situations versus his total is like exactly league average it's exactly it's such a misleading name and it's and it's a perfect nickname number one because it's lazy as all heck number two it can be easily disproven in 10 minutes but the masses are gonna say it anyway just because they're they're fans so my suggestion to whoever wrote that article i don't know the guy don't be a fan like, come on, uh, 10 minutes of research. That's all this took to understand that this is not Matt Stafford. He is not a garbage time quarterback. He plays for a bad team. And that's wild that he is not a, a, a garbage time quarterback, that those stats aren't more slant. That tells you how good uh, he is, or at least that's one of the pieces. I think it's a darn good quarterback. I think it's a good get for the Ram. It, it, it's it's a, it's a short-term uh, play to take advantage of a window and upgrade their quarterback position. So I'm all for it. I don't understand the fit with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff personality-wise. Like, okay, so Jared Goff is is tough because he's an NFL player and he's getting sacked by 300 pounders and like all this stuff. And like Dan Campbell wants to like take on the 
the the image of the city and be all tough and bite kneecaps wonder, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you wonder what seasoning Jared Goff is going to put on his kneecaps. I happen to like the everything bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. So that would be my suggestion. I, I think a good one. Like Jared Goff and and Dan Campbell are the true like the true like head clashing of Zach Morris and AC Slater. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like like the dreamboat and the the gym rat. You know what I mean? Like um and and, and RJ or go ahead. You, yeah, you know I've had this problem with Stafford. I talked about it sure. with you before about the the playoff game against the Cowboys. I was like, this is a playoff game, and Jared Goff is like fading off of pressure from five yards away, and he's not making these throws because he's scared of guys in his face. Like it's the exact opposite of the mentality that Dan Campbell. Like Dan Campbell is going to chuck a spear at the guy the first time he sees him, like fade off something like that against a free blitzer that's still seven yards away. Like I, I've never bought into Goff because the 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 way he folds against pressure, the way he fades off everything, and, and just like. Like he in a clean pocket, man. Like if everything's perfect around him, we've seen that he can have like a top five fringiest season. But it needs to be perfect. It needs to be with one of the one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, one of the better play callers in Detroit. I mean, this guy. I think he's just going to fade as as Mike Tyson would say. He's just going to fade into Bolivia. So it, I I just don't get it. Isn't that a mini come up though for DeAndre Swift? Like, isn't that going to have to be maybe a run first type of? But that that already existed pre Jared Goff. Like that's that's Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell was was DeAndre's come up. You know what I mean? Like sure. Uh, Nobody cares about your fantasy team, Pete. Stop trying to push DeAndre Swift on us. <laughs> I look. I'm just thinking about Swift, and to me, I mean, it's Sanderesque, if if you will. And <laughs> now you got something going there where you can't really throw the football consistently with this noodle arm, potato brained Jared Goff, as you would say. Yeah. That's the, I, I wish I wish for for content we had gotten Jared Goff on Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions. That would have been Kiss fever dream if I'm being honest with myself. By the way, it was reported by Tom Curran that Stafford was seemingly open to every team that that was interested in him except for the New England Patriots. And again, mentioned this on the Daily, who now have Matt Patricia back on their staff. Um, guys, I have some different takes. You both have have offered some intellectual um, things so far, um, but it's been a few days now since this trade. So we've had the time to digest. We've had the time to read all the things. Marinate, baby. Let that thing um, marinate. I think so. And I think the truth is somewhere in between all of the like extremes of these takes. Like there's all the like Stafford's going to throw for 5,000. Yeah, so he's probably going to be much better than his Detroit self. But, you know, he's he's still going to be, you know, kind of who he was. I mean, um, in a in a much more efficient sense. But I do think that Sean McVay is kind of skating by here. I think, you know, Kiss, you've come after McVay at times. Like I'm not saying that that Jared Goff um wasn't um, a big hindrance to his offense's capabilities, but I mean, he is culpable. He isn't infallible. And, you know, I, I just, this feels like all of the burden for the Rams offensive problems was put on to the shoulders of Jared Goff. And for that matter, I feel like Les Snead isn't taking a lot of heat here. Like the Rams have handed out some really questionable contracts and in the same breath, I'll also applaud the ingenuity to find ways out of everything. But that, that cost always comes somewhere in, in the Rams case, it's, it's first round picks. Um, but you know, like, I, I don't feel like they take enough heat for that. Like everyone just focused and I'm not trying like, let's just you know be pissed off. But that that should be said that, that the Rams are, are really maxing out all these credit cards in a lot of ways um, and that they're they're making mistakes. And, and you know, I, I saw another take. I think it was Bucky Brooks um, of, of NFL Media that said, oh, you know, you should pay attention to how Rams superstars are treated here. And Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, like clearly, you know, even if you're a superstar for the Rams, they don't have a problem moving. It's like. 
Aaron Donald is a pretty, you know, appreciated superstar by the Rams. Okay. You just have to be a legitimate one. But that's that's my first angle here is and I have several, but I want to hear your thoughts, Kissed, on on the Rams, you know, bearing some of the responsibility here. I, I think I think they do. And I, I think this trade ends up looking like cuckoo bonkers if it doesn't pay off. Like th- this oh, is an sure. all in move. You you need to win a Super Bowl with this move. That's the whole intention. You need to do it in the next couple of years because if not, I, I think that window starts to close on on you, and that's on less need. And I agree with you about McVeigh. We still uh, uh, we don't talk about it enough. The weird decision making, some of the conservative calls that he makes in late game situations, it bugs the heck out of me. Overall, for three quarters, I think the guy is a great designer, a great play caller, so on and so forth. But there is something that's just a little lacking there with McVeigh, and I and I agree, it's not totally on Golf. It's just Golf was, I think, the worst part of that. So right. I, I agree on Sneed. We'll see if it if it, if it pays off for him. It's a huge, massive gamble that could fall apart on him very easily. Pete, before I, you I, jump in, sorry, sorry, quickly, I do uh, think this quote encapsulates the the Rams. I, no, the, I, what the, well, the idea that McVay, that that Stafford isn't in a way better spot it's it's not arguable. Nobody's arguing that. Uh, no, nobody's. We're, the, what we're arguing here is that just tr- just Indiana Jones transitioning, you know, Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff doesn't unlock all of the keys well, for McVay, the Rams. McVay got to a Super Bowl with Goff, who is a, he's not as good. Sure as Stafford and there were times this year when that offense was cooking again not as good as like the NFC champion team but like they there were times I remember on this podcast saying the Rams are going to win the NFC because they looked that good if McVay can do that with Goff I think I don't know why we can't say it's the ultimate come up for Stafford in that that offense I I just am not afraid to do that with this I I just think but I don't think it's somewhere in between. I think it's obvious that Stafford's a, the, the ultimate winner here. He, he is. I'm, my my line of questioning is simply around McVay. Because this front office, it wasn't even two years ago that they gave Jared Goff this extension. Like, to Kiss point, the, the pumpkin yeah. wasn't, you know, not visible then. You know, and so I'm, I'm not questioning their evaluation of Matthew Stafford. I'm just saying this is a lot of short-term thinking. And if it pays off, it pays off. And that's ultimately what matters. I do. This is what I wanted to mention. Um, again, there were there were so many great things written about this trade all throughout the weekend. Uh, in today's Football Morning in America, Peter King had a quote from Sean McVay. I do wish that more teams adopted this mentality. Sean McVay said, it's not about winning the trade. It's about winning the Super Bowl. Yes. And that is, there is a, a gigantic difference between those two ideas that a lot of teams don't get. Um, I do also want to read this tweet from Seth Wickersham. I thought it was really great. Um, I, QB wins are a thing that only Pete believes in. Uh, Pete Sweeney, not Peter King. Uh, but but this th- there is a power behind narrative. And again, this tweet, I'm just, this is Seth Wickersham's tweet. In the Super Bowl, Jared Goff twice hit Brandon Cooks in the hands in the end zone. One was late and broken up. Another was perfect and should have been caught. But both were mere inches from being touchdowns, changing lives and legacies. The line in the NFL is so thin. And again, had the Rams won that game, it wouldn't change Jared Goff's functionalities and capabilities as a quarterback. But it would be different. People would would perceive this different. And I think that the trade compensation would be different because he would be viewed as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, and, and that's a good point and, and i'm actually like I, i'm thinking about like the lions they love it and i'm wondering what you guys think because like i don't think Goff is going to thrive in detroit however i do think the compensation they got for him the ability to move on for him eventually is a win for them like the the rams gave up a lot for them to take on this contract detroit can do it detroit got a bunch of a bunch of capital to fix a lot of things that are going wrong now the lions shouldn't get all that much credit 
because they were in this situation for a reason. Stafford wanted out for a reason. One of those is because they brought in Matt Patricia, who has a potato for a brain, as I've often said, and it led to a lot of this dysfunction. That's why Stafford didn't want to go to New England. So they they wear a lot of that, but at the same time, they can fix a lot of that with with what they've been able to do. Let's talk about the Detroit angle to this, but before we do, let's give everybody a treat. Let's talk to a pro football Hall of Famer, one of the best players to ever play in the game. Coming up next, Rob Stats, Greer, and Kyle Posey speak with Deion Sanders. This is the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero with Kyle Posey. And Kyle, today is a good day because we get to interview a Hall of Famer, a man that is very close to my heart as a San Francisco 49er fan, and I'm sure yours as well. Deion Sanders is with us. Deion, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm a little disappointed. Oh, you got more degrees than a thermometer. And Kyle got a set, ain't got nothing behind it. Kyle, you got to step your game up, man. He's killing you right now, man. He is killing you right now. I can't compete with that, so I'm not even about to try. I'm not going to waste either of our time. It sounds like, looks like you in a basement, and he has a nice <laughs> club, and you better step your game up, man. I'm trying to level the dirt playing field here at Jackson State, and look what you're doing to me, man. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of, Jackson State, Texas Southern right here, baby. Well, represent. I feel bad for you. I really feel bad for you. <laughs> Trust me, remember this moment. Just for, just for that, I'm going to put up another 14 points just for that. Just for that. Yeah. Please don't. All right, so let's start there. You just mentioned you're the head coach at Jackson State. How would you have coached you? I, I wouldn't. Some, some things you don't have to coach. Some things you just let it be what it is, like open up a bag of darn Frito-Lay chips. You let it be what it is. You don't need to add nothing. You know, back in the hood, back in the day, I used, you know, you used to have to – I don't know if you know this, Cal. We used to add hot sauce to regular chips to make our own barbecue. You don't have to do that. You see, you you understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. You don't have to do nothing. Just open up the burn bag and let it be what it is. You don't have to coach me. So Robert Sala talked about that, former 49ers coach, now he coaches Jets. He talked about certain players freelance, and you just kind of let them be because you trust their instincts. Is that kind of what you're getting at here? No, you don't trust it. You do trust their instincts, but some guys just have it, man. And uh, you just give them the structure and let them do what they do. You think anybody could have coached Ed Reed to do what he did or Ray Lewis to do what he did? Right. Uh, that That's not happening. No, our, our two quarterbacks that's in the Super Bowl right now, no one can teach Tom Brady to do what he did. Uh, the Cheetah, nobody can. You can't teach that as a receiver, man. So some guys, you just give them the structure and you allow them to be who they are. That's how you get the best of them. I talked with John Elway when he was the GM of the Denver Broncos, and he told me that players that he would meet with didn't know who he was. Something tells me you don't have that problem. I, I don't, but they know, but they don't know. Like, they've been told, but they don't know. See, the difference of, with me is I'm working out every day. So I'm working out, and the kids see me working out. I got cleats right in my room right now that I, I wear cleats to practice sometimes. And I get on the field and let them know it's true. It's true what they told you. It, it's true. You can see it. <laughs> it's not a lie. So I'm a kind of a, a active type of coach. And when they have any doubt, I just tell them, if you got two hours to spare, just Google me. <laughs> so will this ever change? Or this is not, this is Dion. This is prime, no matter what age, no matter on and off the field. What, so what's Dion like when he's not coaching? Uh I'm real laid back. I'm on right now because we're, we're doing something phenomenal. And this commercial is, is going to be epic. Uh, it was the night before the Super Bowl. It's crazy with all these darn 
ballers, 22 snaring Super Bowl rings combined. So I'm on right now. But when I'm when I'm off, when I'm down, I'm a home guy, man. You know, I, I got a big city swag, but I'm a country boy. I like land. I like hundreds of acres. I like the fish. Uh, I probably have on a flannel button down shirt or a hoodie and I'm fishing all day, man. I like taking rides on four wheelers, getting chicken at the, 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 the chicken coop, getting, I'm sorry, eggs at the chicken coop and stuff like that, man. So I'm, I'm real laid back. Man. I, I have a persona, but I have a reality. You mentioned the Super Bowl commercial. There are a ton of legends in this thing. Of all those guys, who is the best actor? That's the best thing about it. Uh, in, in this, uh, you don't have to act. You just got to be yourself. That's the that's when you get the best of us. You don't you don't have to act like me getting up, open up the curtain in my room, laid out like it was. It, it That is what it is. It's on. Maybe it's on. We, we can really do our thing in Tampa. So that's the best thing about this phenomenal ad is it's going to knock your socks off. We're, we're really pleased with it. So we talked about you coaching. What would have been like for you as a player? Because you tended to feed off what the crowd did, and you sometimes antagonize the crowd. What would have been like for you without a crowd? I, I didn't feed off what the crowd did. The crowd fed off what I did. <laughs> I didn't. I, I was already full. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't feeding off nothing. So I practice like that. Like the crowd got an opportunity to see how I practice in the dark, and you just saw it in the light. So. Uh, I would have loved, and that, that's a great question because that's what I'm teaching our kids at Jackson State. We're going to practice at such a level that game time is only going to be an opportunity for the fans and family members and friends to see how you practice. Great question. Something I've always wanted to ask you, Dion, because you were with the Niners in 94, and they were like really buttoned up, and you just kind of came in there and provided a little fun for those guys. And then you went to Dallas, a team that was, let's just say, not as buttoned up as the Niners. What was it like, the difference between those two teams? Uh, San Francisco was a little stiff. First of all, the Atlanta Falcons were the most fun I ever had in my life. We just was horrible. We couldn't win. Had too much fun. <laughs> On and off the field, we had too much fun. So San Francisco was the totally opposite of what I did, what I left in Atlanta. And they was just, you know, cold and tired going to work, no fun. And I had to, you know, put that flavor, you know, like that. You had to put some flavor in that drink. And, and that's what we did. And Dallas was a composite of both. They knew how to work their butts off and they knew how to have fun. So that was the, the epitome of everything. But San Francisco, let me tell you something, that might have been the best football team I've ever played on my life, 94 Niners offensively and defensively. Yeah, you guys are stacked on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Could have probably had even more pro bowlers and all pros. Yeah, so, I, think, I think four Hall of Famers, uh, four or five Hall of Famers um, derived from that team. You, you Don't forget Ricky Jackson was on that team and Richard Dent. Yeah, that's right. Gary and Steve, and it could have been a, a few more. Could have been more Hall of Famers on that team, from that team. So getting towards player empowerment, or how do you feel about just Deshaun Watson, his move? Is this a power move by him? Uh, some people take it as being selfish, but I love it. And I feel like players should be able to control what they feel like. And if they're disrespected, well, you know, they shouldn't have to feel like they should be tied down by the organization. I'm a little indifferent. Um, I wish you would have took this approach, approach last year when right. he, DeAndre Hopkins was there. Take, take that approach then. But I think he learned from that. When you're a leader, that's why we got to be careful with putting these seeds on everybody's chest. How is the captain going to board the ship? How is the captain going to board the ship and I'm gone? Where does that work at? Like, where is that? But I understand his thinking and his ideology. You got to understand he's in Houston. What just transpired in Houston? You got one of the best 
one-on-one basketball players probably in the history, history of the game said, I don't want to be here anymore. Get me out of here. So he's sitting up there watching those headlines every day being fed psychologically, that whole storyline every day. So now he starts to say, okay, I got my money. I could do the same thing. What are they going to do besides get me out of there? The thing that's apparent, you can't go back. Once you tell a fan base, I don't want you anymore, you cannot go back. And when you do go back to play against that fan base, they're going to rip you to shreds. But I just hope he's stable and strong enough to handle adversity because adversity is coming. And most quarterbacks are a little soft, a little sensitive, a little, you know how they get down. They're not used to that noise, man. But if anybody can handle it, I pray to God he can. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that. I, you're a player that took his career into his own hands. I thought you'd be more kind of gung-ho in support of Deshaun Watson. Not a quarterback. This is your franchise. My situation was different. I was always a free agent. You, you reach a climax in life where people start thinking it's normal what you do when you make it look easy. So they feel like you have no value. That's different with a quarterback with a C on his chest, and he's your franchise. How can your franchise not want to be your franchise. This is this generation, though. It's like, hey, man, let me move over here and go get with you guys, you know, so I can win. Instead of build it, you bring me some dogs. I I love him trying to take ownership of this thing, but the way that whole Harden thing played out, I'm happy for James Harden, but that thing is handled wrong, man. Y'all know that. You don't, come on. They got you everything you wanted, and you still didn't get it, so now you want to go. So what if you build up an organization for 10 years, nothing came of it, and now you agree to mutually part ways? So Matthew Stafford, how do you feel about how he handled he, it, and where do you think he up, should land? He built up an organization? What how, did he build up? No, no, no. The no, last no, time they did, won anything. Did when not was the last time <laughs> the Detroit Lions won anything? I just saw them in a tic-tac-toe game and they didn't win. I just saw them in a Monopoly game and they didn't win. I wouldn't go to the game if you gave me a ticket on a platter. I'm still not. I didn't want to go in 88. I don't show you. No, I don't want to go now. No, Matthew Stafford is, is I, he's I, come on. He's I, where should he go? Where should he go? Probably home. (laughs) Where are you going to go? Like where, 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 where? So if he's the key to the puzzle, why didn't you unlock the door in Detroit? So where are you going to go? Who, who's going to jump out there and say, you know what? You may be that missing piece. Who can do that? It's only a handful of teams. Everybody's trying to see who's going to get to the Rams, who's going to get to New England. Okay, that's good. Those are the only teams that you could possibly plug somebody in and they can win. Where else? How about the Niners? He can win in San Francisco, Dion. You know that's right. He can win in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, top five defense, Nick Bosa coming back. He can win in San Francisco. I, I want to leave you guys with this. The winning combination in San Francisco is this Frito-Lay Super Bowl commercial. That's the winning combination. Please watch it. <laughs> there you go. Deion Sanders, new Super Bowl commercial. Watch it during the game on Sunday. It is going to be awesome. Dion, we really appreciate a few minutes with you. Hey, God bless you guys, man. You take care. We'll be back after a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, 
crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much to Deion Sanders for taking the time to join the SB Nation NFL show. Big time. Well done job to Kyle Posey and Rob Stats Guerrero. By the way, you can hear Rob Stats Guerrero later today again on the first of our roundtables that we are doing here on the SB Nation NFL show in the coverage of the big game. He will be speaking to Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network and Greg Stout from Pete's Arrowhead Pride to talk about all things going on this week. And there will also be a very special interview that you will hear from me in that episode of the roundtable with Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Kyler Murray but we are talking about other quarterbacks here other NFC West quarterbacks one that is no longer there in Jared Goff who is now head of the Detroit Lions Pete was this all about a salary dump acceptance for the Lions in your mind or do you buy that they really do value something about Jared Goff I think he's going to get an opportunity I don't know if he'll be the long-term answer I think in this trade that you make you have to give him a chance at least to to start I don't know what what else or what other option that you have? Like, is, are you taking a quarterback? Are you trying to trade up? I don't think you're giving the starting position to Chase Daniel or David Blau or anyone like that. And so <laughs> I think they'll try. And, and like I said, that's why before we, we broke and had the interview, I, I just think uh, Swift, and I, I know this is a fantasy take, but I think it's going to be a Swift first type of deal. And I, I think he, you know, he, at times before he had all that concussion stuff later in the season, he did look like that dynamic of a back and I think if there's one thing we know about Goff is if he's going to work the run game has to be cooking and they got themselves a running back last year and it'll be interesting to an extent but I think they'll realize quickly that Goff isn't the answer and they either got to draft someone or go get another quarterback now teams do this and it's so crazy where they get a QB and rather than trying to like keep that quarterback and get one in place and and maybe have a replacement a younger replacement they just kind of wing it. And, you yeah. know, I, I just feel like this to an extent because, you know, you're going to try golf, I'm sure. But it, it's winging it in Detroit in my, in my eyes. What's interesting, too, is not just Detroit. It's not just Los Angeles. It's the other teams that were in on it because apparently like mm. seven to eight other teams came in with offers. I think one of the bigger ones was the Carolina Panthers came in with their eighth overall selection in the next draft. Washington also tried to package a third round pick with the 19th overall pick, they feel like they can win. And I think they can with that roster if they had a guy like Stafford. There are teams that are a quarterback away and, and really searching. This is going to be a wild quarterback market. Deshaun Watson, you know, still out there. So I think it's interesting that Carolina was so aggressive because it feels like they're not close. But I feel like if they have a quarterback that they can start to invest those resources elsewhere instead of constantly trying to use them to find a quarterback not knowing what you have I mean there's something to be said for in this situation like th what the Rams are telling us about the NFL draft is going to be a very interesting experiment do you get like the uh, Ted, Ted Nguyen um, uh, Ted Nguyen of the athletic put, put it interesting when he said like the Rams are building this like my Madden franchise when I'm like already four to five years deep whatnot like, I don't have time for a 74 overall left tackle first rounder to develop. I'm in I'm in win now mode. So the Rams are trying to like be in win now mode all the time and just completely disregarding the draft, which is a total crapshoot. So maybe this will work out for it. Maybe this will prove that the draft is kind of overrated, especially when you look at it. You know, they're back of first round picks. The hit rate on those, like as you get through the first round, decreases and decreases and decreases. It's got to be in that area, 25. 
30%. So why not get yourself a known quantity like a Jalen Ramsey or a Matt Stafford? So I think that's an interesting part about it too. Not only the, the other teams that, that were coming in hot for Stafford and, and, you know, obviously the, the, the Lions and, and Rams had a, had a door busting deal. Uh, but also what it tells us about the NFL draft and if other teams are going to take that same approach. And also the final angle and the most interesting angle to me is, Cutting ties with a quarterback that you just paid a ton of money, which is what I thought the Philadelphia Eagles should have done right. with Carson Wentz, and it doesn't look like they're going to do. I think that's at the very least, no matter the trade compensation, at the very least, I think that's the right thing you can do if you can get an upgrade at the quarterback position and you know you can. I think that this this is this might sound a bit dramatic, but I think we owe a lot of the way teams view the quarterback position now, like teams that are kind of in these somewhat in-between levels to Ryan Tannehill. Because Ryan Tannehill opened, I think, eyes to this idea that you can move on from Marcus Mariota, you know, who you thought, you know, I have to pay this big time contract. You can find another option, a guy who didn't fit in a culture elsewhere, whatever. I, I do think that this will have a similar kind of visionary trajectory in that. And I look at the Cowboys, for example. I do believe that Dak Prescott is the guy. But it is insanely stupid that you wouldn't pay him. And that's I know I killed the Rams for it earlier, but I mean, pay them as early as you can because that's that's when you're gonna get the best market rate possible. And and then if you have to trade him later, okay. Like it's possible. You know, like that's that's what the Rams are teaching us. They are looking at, at NFL roster building in a very unique way. And here's the thing, and to me this deal teaches something about Deshaun Watson potentially being available. Trade the picks. I see a lot of tweets and stuff about McVeigh and how he's not picked in the first round since 16 and so on and everything and how that, you know, is silly to some extent and whatever like that. Granted, I, you know, I'm not preaching, hey, you should get rid of all your first round picks. That's not ideal either. Ideally, you find a way to draft one without giving up too much. But same time, I always think and I've always felt this way that first round picks are so overrated when you just see them and they're trying to, oh, my God, yeah. traded three first rounders you have to still hit on the first rounders. And like you've seen some years where maybe there's 10 hits, you know, yeah. it just depends on the draft class. And so you just never know. It's such an unknown picks. And I owe it like picks to me are just so overrated. And cause you have an entity like Stafford where you know exactly what you're getting. There's so much film there. Right. And so when I see other teams and they have no quarterback, if the, if the Texans call and they say, look, it's going to take three or four first rounders and you don't have anybody. And you, you know, you've been working with ragtag quarterbacks. One guy, you know, you've Fitzpatrick has been on your team in the last five years. Go get Watson and you'll figure the rest out. You need if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. By the way, this year, the 2021 NFL draft, the first round pick is the most meaningless first round pick right. that there has that there has been in decades. There is no combine. A lot of these players opted out. We have the least information about these prospects at the high end of the draft than we have ever had in a very very long time i have no issue with the team being aggressive dumping their first round pick this year to go get a known quantity because i think this draft is going to be a total mess it's going to be a total crapshoot i'm interested to see how everything works out but i think teams are going to be throwing throwing darts with the lights turned off man it, 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 i think it's going to be bad i think in that respect the seahawks deserve a lot of credit i know that people weren't fans of it from a player perspective but they were the first people to identify when the season was beginning and even the college season was beginning this this pick is going to be incredibly 
difficult to per, to ultimately figure out because of the things you just said. Let's go yeah. get Jamal Adams. We think our window mm-hmm. is now. Um, I think it also that's that's a, a sub detail. Something that works out for the Lions is that of their two first rounders, neither one of them is this year. I think people maybe look at that as like a penalty for them, but it yeah. actually does kind of work out that it kind of lines up with their timeline more. I do. I team. I think teams like the Dolphins. They they have this treasure chest of draft picks enough like to, to Pete's point go get a known quantity Pete I know they're not struggling for success but I think the Chiefs should I evaluate situations like this right like go get uh this is a bit arbitrary but go get a Jalen Ramsey with your first round pick instead of waiting because it's so difficult this, that's a, t- a team that we know is going to be picking in the absolute late 20s at the very earliest and so it is a meaningless pick to you compared to most teams the final thing I wanted to say here guys do we think maybe I'm being super optimistic it's Super Bowl week I'm a little bit happier than usual do we think that the Lions culture is changing in that we talked about all the teams that had interest in Matthew Stafford and they ultimately you know quote unquote did right by Stafford they send him to the Rams where he wanted and it's no secret that the Lions have had very ugly divorces with their great players in franchise history the the last two notably Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson and I think that they they avoided that here right because to the Lions and they ultimately pick up some draft capital which works out nicely for them but the the message is now you know what staff thank you so much for the time we're sorry you know it's our fault it didn't work out whatever but but go enjoy go go live your life be free um you know we'll see on the other side is 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 there hope that maybe that culture is changing like i'm not attributing that to dan campbell but maybe maybe it's just like you know Maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't know, but I, th- I think that that is bar- holds some merit. I don't know. Probably getting more like the NBA. I mean, right. where the players just gonna realize they have more control. They don't want to. That that was the thing, and and you saw this disconnect actually last week when it came to Aaron Rodgers. And you tune into ESPN. You had Adam Schefter and Dan Orlovsky arguing, where Orlovsky is like, "There's no way he's going to leave Green Bay. He's locked into a contract." And Adam Schefter was like, "He just doesn't like. What if he just doesn't show up?" And I think players are, are starting to realize that the power they have in that, are they just going to let the players sit there? The organization wants to do that. Okay. But you know, that same thing with Watson that I just brought up, you know, people are like, well, he's just going to stay with the Houston Texans because he's locked into that deal. Well, he just might just sit out. He has that option. And now we're sit outs and the threat of sit outs are becoming more commonplace. And I think players are realizing they have more control over their careers than, than before. And we don't know what happened behind closed doors. Maybe Stafford was in a similar place and worked it out with the organization. We're gonna we're gonna paint this as a mutual, make it make it look good for everybody, and it did work out. And maybe that becomes commonplace now moving forward. Yeah, and you you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You mentioned Houston. I mean, he he watched James Harden get himself the heck up out of there. I do exactly. think it's going to be a lot more like the NBA. I mean, he sees that stuff. He he processes that stuff internally. Also, RJ, to your point. And and not to not to crap on Lions because they've had it hard enough. I mean, right. they have, the franchise hasn't accomplished anything. Thinking about the culture change and uh, uh, and everything, not to, not to make it hard on the Lions. Let me give the worst <laughs> insult possible. But like, I mean, until I see something, I'm not wasting energy on debating whether or not it's going to be better. Just be better, and and like I'll, I'll enjoy it for Lions fans. Uh, I I have no idea if this changes uh, 
the culture for him. I hope it does. I hope it does. I'll, I'll be nice to him in that way. Um, well, it is um, It is the beginning. It truly is the beginning of what is going to be a massive shift in the quarterback landscape across the NFL this season. Uh, again, our thanks here at SB Nation to Deion Sanders for taking the time to join us. We are going to be bringing you lots of fantastic guests throughout the week, so subscribe right here to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a review. Tell Pete he's handsome, he's charming, he has a beautiful voice, uh, he picks great shows on Netflix to watch on Friday nights, whatever you want to say uh tell kissed uh that he's a good hugger uh even though you might not know that based off of first-hand experience but it is word on the street uh we will see you later on throughout the week you will hear from all of us so uh enjoy the game of all games will be played this weekend and everybody is rooting for the buccaneers we'll see you then no they're not